0: Hey, my name's Don McLeod. I have been in Doomsday Mom, the Lori Vallow story. I've been in Project Blue Book, Frequency, Tomorrow People,
1: and a few other things. <laughs> and you are listening to Neil Before Pod. Neil Before Blog presents Neil Before Pod. Hello and welcome to Neil Before Pod, the podcast that isn't spreading itself across the universe, thankfully. I'm your host Craig and we're here to discuss the latest MCU movie, The Marvels. Unfortunately we couldn't actually get any women on this podcast as much as we would have liked to, but did manage to get a Captain Marvel super fan and possibly cameos from a rogue flarkin. You'll just have to listen and see. The Captain Marvel superfan that I managed to dig up was Isaac, who could not be here.
0: Hello, you've met me before. <laughs> you sent a message, are you able to record this or are we not doing it? <laughs> It's not like, oh, I'll get Chris or something. It's either you or not.
1: Ideally, I would have liked a female voice, but none are available because we're all Marvel nerds and girls don't like us. Yeah, we know two or no, three. There are three women that could have been on this podcast. None of them are. That's fine. (laughs) Stuck with me again. Stuck with two men talking about a film starring three women. We're the internet though. That's the way it works, isn't it? We're white guys on a podcast talking about women's stuff. That's what you get. Anyway, The Marvels. That is a film that we've both seen. I've seen it twice now and you've seen it once.
0: Yeah, I've seen it once. So, spoiler free, what did you think? I loved it. I thought it was really fun. I really liked that. i shall say that for spoilers. With spoilers, especially with Marvel stuff, there's different levels of things, but I suppose what I will say that doesn't give too much of anything away is I expected it to be more stuffed and more messy, just from what everyone's been hearing about on the internet. You don't have to be worried. A lot of the concerns you've heard online, I think, aren't as prevalent. There's some things we'll chat about that are a little bit wobbly, but overall, this is just really fun. And yeah, as a Captain Marvel fan, this really gets it right. It gets it spot on. It is captain marvel comic on screen it's as best as i could ask for really so yeah big fan
1: oh i'm glad i liked it i thought it was good fun i wouldn't list it as being the best the mcu has to offer it probably sits pretty mid-tier but even then that's a reasonable achievement at the moment if you consider the volume of mcu stuff and if you consider the perceived quality of their output over the last couple of years really i think the fact that it's mid-tier is at least for some going to be a lot of praise it's relatively disposable you said you didn't want to spoil too much i don't think there's an awful lot that could be spoiled because there's nothing about it that doesn't play out in ways that you wouldn't expect
0: yeah that's what i was gonna say a lot of them at the moment and especially the multiverse arc and there's been untold dangerous consequences for the future of the in the universe franchise with characters like kang and alternate realities and whatever and this is essentially just a mission you can just watch this one kind of similar to i'd say an early guardians film where it's it's still recognisably a Marvel movie, but you don't need as much upkeep. There's not as much stuff that's going to affect other stuff in this. I think if you've, say, like me, I've not watched as many of the post endgame films. And if some people are like, you know, I want to watch the Marvel films again, but I've not caught up with the TV stuff and that, this one is relatively easy, I think, to jump back in on. If you just wanted like, a brisk, fun one.
1: Although you have seen the homework for this one, haven't you? The to shows that lead into it.
0: I'd say the homework you need is Captain Marvel 1, which is a given because this is essentially Captain Marvel 2, and Miss Marvel.
1: I would argue you don't necessarily fully need that, although I have seen people say that they felt a bit lost about Kamala because they had no idea who she was, and the film doesn't give you an awful lot of time to settle into her. I mean, that's something that we'll discuss.
0: The important thing is you don't need secret Invasion. <laughs> yeah, it's not even mentioned. Didn't happen. It's fine. Don't worry about it. I never saw it. Nobody wants to see it. Everyone regrets seeing it. Apparently, don't worry about it.
1: There is a discussion between me and Aaron about Secret Invasion that you could listen to, probably instead of watching the show as well. You don't have to watch the show to listen to us tearing it apart, unless you want a bit of context. So, yeah, this one was decent mid-tier Marvel movie, decent comic booky adventure, cosmic adventure. It was fine. It was a good time at the movies. Yeah, it was a fun time in the movies. Yeah, well, on that, shall we get our resident flerken to allow us to go into spoilers? Because the cat is the boss. That's the way it works.
0: Yeah, if we're ready, if we smash our spoiler bands together. I don't know if that's a spoiler.
1: It probably isn't. Oh, look, this villain looks for a thing that helps them do thing.
0: There's a thing, yeah.
1: Let's see if the cat will give us permission, or the flerken will give us permission to go into spoilers. <coughs> It does. We're allowed to talk it about does. whatever we want. We can say whatever. That is seen fit to allow us to do that. As an aside, when I put in my review, I put the picture of Carol with the flirking on her shoulder with Goose on her shoulder, and the caption was, "I hate it when the boss looks over your shoulder." Oh
0: yeah, he, yeah, your supervisor just not letting you alone. Oh, I forgot to mention the spoilery review. I don't know if it's spoil or not. There is an end credit scene, and it's pretty terrible. But we'll talk about that when we get
1: to it. As in an after after credits scene or the mid credit scene. The mid-credits. Well, there is an after credit scene that isn't really a post credit scene. I will just say it now. It is the sound of a cat meowing and then the tentacle-eating sound.
0: Yeah, it doesn't really count.
1: Yeah, it's rubbish. <laughs> I didn't even stay for it this second time that I watched it. Okay, let's start with characters. And we'll start with Carol, since it's effectively Captain Marvel 2, although not really. I wonder if Brie Larson's a bit annoyed that she shares her, let's say, anticipated sequel with other co-leads or not because captain marvel makes a billion dollars you would think she would be a franchise mainstay after that and then there's a vocal minority online that hate her and so they shove her into the background a bit
0: i think also this first film is kind of a complicated film also because it was directly at the absolute height of popularity the in pinnacle. between two avengers movies. Yeah, <laughs> i feel like no matter what movie came out then it probably would have made a billion because people like you've just seen a massive cliffhanger half the universe is dead this movie must have something to sort of explain that
1: well ant man and the wasp was the same and that didn't do terribly well that didn't crack a billion.
0: Oh yeah that did come out okay not everything <laughs> almost any movie that isn't got ant man in could have done great <laughs> so not to devalue the first one i think character wise this is a definite improvement
1: this is better than the first one for me i did not like the first one that much as we've Previously discussed. This is much better.
0: I think if Captain Marvel 2 had just been a Captain Marvel movie, I don't think it would have been as fun as this.
1: Probably not, no.
0: Also, when I say I know Captain Marvel comics, I'm going to make a big disclaimer so that you don't get comments because I won't read them. I've read Captain Marvel Onwards from 2016 or so. I think I started on Civil War 2 or something. So Anything I say about her, loads of it's going to be contradicted by a story she was in in like 1976 or something.
1: Well, I think the MCU version is more based on when she was actually Captain Marvel.
0: It's more based on when she is, yeah.
1: The promotion to Captain Marvel is a relatively recent thing. It's probably not long before that time. Most of my encounters with her are previously in the comics where she was Ms. Marvel or Warbird when she was known by those sorts of names.
0: I've only read Carol Danver's Captain Marvel stuff as opposed to like all the other stuff. But for her character, she just tends to work better, I think, with people around her, especially as her character, which we see way more of in this, is very much more of like an emotionally driven character who tends to work better with people or not relies on, but she cares a lot for her friends and the people around her, and that tends to be one of her main drives in a lot of adventures is looking after the people that she loves. So putting her with say Monica Rambeau who I was thinking about this today is Monica's the young one yes <laughs> and Maria is the mother. Maria Rambeau yeah yeah so with Monica and the connection we had in Captain Marvel 1 where she was a little girl and she was friends with her mum and Aunt Carol as she was in here and now she's met Kamala and now she has another person to sort of care for I think she does work better with a team around her as opposed to solo adventure
1: yeah I would agree but also they've done such a poor job of characterising her in the MCU prior to this point Captain Marvel, it was about her not knowing who she is. And by the end of the film, she still doesn't know who she is. And then she shows up in Endgame and, well, the Russos said they didn't know anything about her. So we'll just fly her through a ship. We know she can do that.
0: Yeah, she hasn't been used at all well. Because I remember that was a big criticism of the Miss Marvel TV show. Why does Kamala like Captain Marvel? No one knows. (laughs) She's only been on Earth for about five minutes and... (laughs) no one knows who she is.
1: Yeah, she has this following but the MCU has never shown that she has any real connection to Earth or anything else because, yeah, like you say, she didn't meet the Avengers until Endgame.
0: Yeah, this does it. A much better job at going like oh no this character has a character i don't know much marvel stuff but i wonder how many other characters are like that. characters like war machine specifically i'm thinking of or maybe not so much the vision or maybe some like the guardian style characters that probably have a rich in comic style but are mostly just sort of the soldiers they're not the iron man's or spider-man style characters that are more the charismatic ones
1: Well, Rhodey was Iron Man for a while when Tony Stark couldn't be. That was around about the time that, funnily enough, Monica was known as, I think she was Photon at the time or something, around about the time of the first Secret War story. That was Iron Man and your Captain Marvel equivalent had been taken to Battle World. It was Rhodey and Monica at that point. I think she was called Photon at that point. I can't remember. It's neither here nor there but yeah there is a lot of characters that sort of fill out these supporting roles and i think ms marvel was like that for a while she was just on the avengers and she was a powerful presence on the avengers and she became known as warbird she had an alcoholism arc at one point i remember that much
0: yeah i know about the alcoholism arc i think she was probably a journalist or something
1: she gets impregnated by a time traveler or something And that was a weird story.
0: There's probably a lot of weird stuff
1: happening in the 70s to 90s. She loses her memory a lot, that also happens. She loses her memory a lot. So in terms of the comics, it's whatever you want, really. She's been a bit of everything. But certainly from what I know of more modern Captain Marvel comics, it seems like this is drawing quite heavily from it. The idea that she flies around in her ship with her flirkin and gets into adventures.
0: All the best Captain Marvel stories, in my opinion, are... She's messed up going in. I say as part of her more emotionally driven character, she tends to react fast, and that headstrongness tends to cause trouble. So there's a lot of Captain Marvel stories where it is, and same with this movie, where it's like, oh yeah, I have done something that has backfired, or. I haven't considered the full scale of what I'm doing, and now I've got to rectify it.
1: Well, I'll rectify it decades later. <laughs> I'll sit and do nothing for ages.
0: Yeah, I'll get on it. A lot of the comic ones are people are after her because she's caused some trouble, or she's not particularly amazing strategist, and tends to go with an immediate response as opposed to planning all the moves ahead. So i can glad to see in this movie that, essentially, it's typical Carol Danvers fashion, is she's just flown in and gone, I can fix this, I'm going to destroy this big face, and... Admittedly, on the film's detriment, there's a big missing point of Hella's history where she destroys the Supreme Intelligence, who's now a big brother-style monolith tube thing as opposed to
1: a net bending I think. I mean, you could argue that's like the central location for it and the way people interact with it is the mindscape type scenario that we saw in the first one. But it's also very close to how it looks in the comics as well.
0: Oh, yeah. The consequences are that Hell is is basically a dying planet, but it kind of skims over the cause and effect, really.
1: Yeah. Well, one of the issues I have with this film is it does feel like it's cut to the bone in the worst way. It
0: is. And also the fun bits. The best bits are the bits that feel like, oh, I could have sat with that way more. Yeah. Mostly where they're just kind of hanging out or they're on the ship or they're learning to team up.
1: Yeah. It reminded me of the party in Age of Ultron a bit, but. In that scene, you feel like you get enough of it. Whereas in this, I never felt like I was getting quite enough of anything that I was enjoying.
0: Yeah, but I suppose in Age of Ultron, also say like Thor and Captain America and Iron Man, we've seen them work together previously in the first Avengers. What's fun about the original Avengers is seeing the teams work out how to work together as opposed to be a single superhero. And that's the stuff we want to see in this one. But the film does feel like they've chopped up a lot of the really fun stuff where they get to train to work together and they just get to sort of know more about each other and stuff. I would love a director's cut of this with another half hour or so. Just friends being friends stuff added in.
1: The thing you said about Carol rushing in and not really knowing what she's doing, it's like she's as powerful as Superman, but she doesn't quite have the ability to think laterally about what she's doing in the way that he does. That's a pretty good description of
0: that. She's sort of a Superman without his consideration.
1: Yeah. The attack on Hala, I thought was quite interesting I wonder if they were trying to make reference to the American invasion of Iraq and things like that. The idea that this powerful thing rushes into somewhere it has no business being and just acts unilaterally without considering the consequences of the actions. So in, in this case, Carol went in emotionally charged because she felt that the Kree had taken so much from her. She just wanted revenge, but she didn't think about how that would be hurting all the other people. A bit like her, really. You don't get a sense of how Cree society works, but... You have to imagine people are just there like sort of living their lives.
0: Yeah, you can get angry at, say, a government or a power, but there's always people on the streets who just live there.
1: Yeah, they're the ones that suffer. <laughs>
0: they're the ones that suffer. Yeah, this film is much more fun to watch her, as opposed to in Captain Marvel, where she is mostly either a Cree brainwashed character or just coming to try and figure out what's happened to her. It's kind of confusing and there's not any space for like, her individual character to show up. So in this, it is much more fun watching a fully formed character have their own agency and reason for doing stuff
1: she is still figuring herself out quite massively as well which i find interesting the the idea that she blunders into places and she'll just do stuff i destroy this supercomputer i'll give that a go will i marry this prince will that help let it'll do that and you have to imagine she does other stuff as well i would love to see a list of all the weird stuff that she's gotten up to the intervening years because Seems like she's gotten around and done some strange adventures.
0: You could watch Captain Marvel 1, buy a load of comics of her stuff, assume that's kind of what's happened and she's just been out in space causing havoc or whatever, and then this is just more of that. Have we caught up with the Avengers now? Did they settle that down?
1: I'm not sure what the present day year is anymore.
0: Let's just assume it's basically now. So yeah, it's been like 30 or so years. Everybody's still sort of figuring out, especially when you're as powerful as her and space is infinite, still sort of... Finding her way in the world and doing what she thinks is right, but not necessarily doing it in such a perfect way as a lot of superheroes we're used to are able to do.
1: I like the idea of her as this lonely adventurer living in her ship and flying around and doing stuff. She has this desire to help others. And as we said, she doesn't always make the right call or do it in the most tidy way, but she really wants to help. Any call for help, she'll answer it as Fury contacts her and says, There's something weird going on. She's like, Yeah, I'll go. I'll go have a look. Why not? I've got nothing else going on. But she's also resigned herself to being alone I guess she just finds it difficult to relate to other people which is something that I actually would have liked to see more of this is where a longer cut would come in handy because she goes from no I work alone to hi Kamala we can be friends sorry I treated you like that it happens so quickly
0: yeah that is a very jarring bit initially when they work together she is mostly disappointed (laughs) And the people she's stuck with and then she's more apologetic like oh yeah sorry i was but yeah we don't really see much of her adjusting from traveling just her and her cat and going to different planets and stuff and then actively working and using a team of people with different skills to see more of that would have been really fun
1: like i say the things i was enjoying don't stick around for long enough and they happen so quickly so i feel like that transition from I work alone too. It's really good having you guys on board my ship. Let's get on our comfies and put on a scroll memory exploring device.
0: Bit of a segue, I loved that a lot of this movie, everyone was just wearing their comfies. (laughs) Costumes are pretty great, but what I really like is everything's real. She has a real Captain Marvel helmet on her ship and her jumpsuit is zip and boots and stuff. No one nanotechs up. I suppose the last suits, they're just a battle suit thing they get at the end, which aren't as great but I suppose you need to sell Funko Pops. So everyone has to have a few different thingies.
1: <laughs> Funko Pops and toys and all the merchandising, yeah.
0: I think probably in response to how I didn't see Quantumania, but I know a lot of people said none of it feels real and it all feels like empty rooms and empty spaces and stuff. Whereas her ship felt like it was cluttered and we saw weird astronaut ready meals and stuff. And she had pyjamas <laughs> and a bed and some plants and flirken and stuff. It feels like she's been living in this little... Spaceship. Reminded me a lot of the... I remember it's called the Cal Not Cal Yeah, Cal I was going to say Cal Monaghan.
1: follow Fallen Order guy, yeah.
0: That ship. Where It's a ship, but there's also living quarters, and you spend your time in there, and there's crew quarters and stuff. So I quite like that. And not as much with Sabre, but it's not all functional. There's also people who live and operate
1: there, and it felt more lived in. Although Sabre was more of that sterile green screen environment. Yeah. I liked that as well, although one thing I'll say is the outside of the ship seems a lot smaller than the inside of the ship. Whenever it lands anywhere, that doesn't seem to have enough space to put all the stuff we've seen.
0: It's just a big pill. It's not (laughs) well-designed ship. It's just like one of those Beats by Dre
1: speakers. That seems to be a common thing in the MCU as well. The two ships that you've had in the Guardians movies, you see it from the outside when it's landed and you're thinking, there's no space in there for all the stuff we saw in there. Yeah. It's the same with Carol's ship. There's a whole apartment in there. No, there isn't. Everyone's just flying TARDISes. In the <laughs> Crazy. I guess they need it to land in streets or whatever when it gets to planets, but it needs to be a decent set when they're inside it. But it just seems like the two sides of it don't correlate, I guess. But I did like the whole, yeah, it's a bit of a cluttered single person home. She doesn't feel the need to tidy up because no one else is there. Yeah,
0: it's just her. I've lived like that before. <laughs> yeah, There's <laughs> still like gym gear or whatever, workout gear. Make like yourself a home. There's some pyjamas i guess if you want clothes
1: yeah i could totally relate to that the the idea that she's just in her comfy clothes when she's not adventuring and it's something you lose with the nanotech suits as well she takes the top half of her costume and just has it around her waist I guess, to be a little bit more comfy.
0: Yeah, it, it's not like a weird press a button and it all clicks together or whatever. You can be in a civilian mode and you can be in hero mode, but it's not an immediate thing, which I think, especially with stuff like the early Iron Man, that's suppose the same with Transformers. You keep forgetting the fun part is watching Iron Man disappear into a chair or a suitcase or whatever. <laughs> yeah. And if he's just always got it, which it does make sense for his character because he's always improving.
1: But when Spider-Man has it, You're like, nah. Yeah, it's just
0: not as fun. You want to see the suit up stuff.
1: Yeah, with Spider-Man, I want to see him sneaking off to an alleyway to get changed before he comes into action.
0: Yeah, instead of just having his space suit on him, just permanently.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Which it seems like we'll get back again in the next one when he's striking out on his own. And then when we get stuff like Daredevil and stuff, we'll probably see that back. So maybe they are heading more in that direction again with certain characters.
0: Yeah, obviously certain ones make sense to Doctor Strange can magic his suit on because he's magic. Yeah, Captain America's gear was that the wings have always been folded away into a backpack thing. So that's always been that way. But yeah, some of them are just nice to, to suit you can put on.
1: Yeah, a bit of tactile. Yeah. I didn't like the second set of costumes they all got. Monica's one I liked. I liked her later costume. Her first one was just a saber uniform that resembles her comic book costume and everybody's wearing them. So at least that makes sense. And then the one she was given on the singing planet was really good. But Kamala's one was just over designed and carol's one was way worse than the one she was wearing earlier
0: yeah her first one is really good that's a great design and yeah the second one just kind of looks like a big onesie
1: it looks cheap
0: yeah cheap weird onesie thing
1: i said it before maybe but it, it looks like a starfleet uniform from the next generation with a plastic star stuck on it
0: yeah it's got a sort of star trek not star trek in the worst way where it's sort of a big a scuba suit that's got like a massive star just overly massive
1: <laughs> but i liked her simple costume that was the boots the trousers it was like a onesie with boots wasn't it
0: yeah and that the, the red top shoulder bit I really like that design
1: i don't mind her previous costume either the one that was her cree uniform
0: yeah i think i prefer this because it just looks a bit neater. Yeah. Marvel sometimes there's too much stuff going on. This looks a bit more tidied up a bit. Great hair as well. Everyone has great hair in this. Say, <laughs> so the last costume to it is her princess dress. I loved how Disney went with the princess dress.
1: I liked it. It had the little star on it as well. It just appears.
0: It had the star in it. It has the Cinderella magic. Yeah. Fling. I know it doesn't make sense and it doesn't even attempt to make sense but it's fun. <laughs> this is really fun. Just have a singing planet where to be bilingual it's the same language we just don't say
1: yeah (laughs) well like I say the lonely adventurer thing worked really well it's something that suits her and it's good that they let Brie Larson cut loose a bit with her performance
0: yeah she felt more like she could just bring a bit more like however she wanted to play it in Just, just have a bit more fun
1: because we've heard all the criticisms where she never smiles or she's very stoic or whatever. And and she kind of was in the previous appearances, but in this she felt much more human in a lot of ways. I really liked the personality. I like how aloof she is about certain things where she doesn't want to tell them about her connection to the water planet. And then she gets there and she's like, oh yeah, by the way, I'm really famous here. And weird stuff's about to happen. Just go with it. The way that she would just volunteer information when she needs to. Yeah, I like
0: that. It is kind of like when you have new friends, you're like, oh yeah, by the way, me and him of history and oh yeah, that place or some stuff. What's going
1: on. <laughs> she was good. I like Brie Larson and other things. I've seen her do a lot of roles where she is very silent and doesn't say an awful lot. So it's interesting to see her when she is much more expressive. I was thinking of something like Unicorn Store, which is a film that she directed. It started off with her being a lot like that, not saying much, but she comes way out of her shell as she goes on. And then there's stuff like Kong Skull Island and Shoot 'em Up and, and all these things. Is it called Shoot 'em Up? Whatever it is. The Ben Wheatley film that she's in. Oh,
0: yeah. I can Shoot 'em Up, yeah.
1: Where people are just shooting each other for 90 minutes. that's pretty much all that happens she's a very good actor and of course Room which is what got her this job in the first place Oscar winner Brie Larson we've got her and then oh no couple of years later everybody hates her well not everybody
0: but you know what i mean yeah the internet it's not on the whole hates her
1: <laughs> i've never hated her i haven't engaged with the character of carol danvers in the mcu though, yeah and that's not the same thing that's not brie larson's fault
0: no yes in the first film it's written as essentially just a clone soldier she's written as a brainwashed drone <laughs> character so that's what she played a brainwashed drone character yeah and then to sort of got more confused as the truth revealed but yeah this one she can actually just be like a human It's <laughs> it's much clearer how she feels about stuff
1: yeah she comes across way better than monica does i feel like monica suffers the most she's saddled with a lot of the exposition she's the, the smart one yeah so she's like, here's how the physics works in this situation
0: yeah she's a smart one and she's sort of the plot one
1: yeah so i think it it's difficult to pin massive traits on her really she has issues with carol a bit because she feels abandoned but again that's resolved very quickly so it doesn't end up forming the root of her personality as such so once that's over with she doesn't really have anything
0: no yeah she's definitely the least served of the three i think that also means when it comes to her great sacrifice at the end i was like all right Of the three, I was like, okay. That
1: sacrifice made no sense to me because I was thinking, why can't you close it from the other side of the barrier?
0: Again, it's a problem solved immediately. Like, oh no, that's going to, oh, that's fine, we just do this.
1: Oh no, this is open to a new reality. And then she said, to fix it, you have to give me loads of power and I pull it closed. And I'm thinking, how do you know this? It's one
0: well, of those things, yeah, because again, there's been a lot of trimming and cutting. That is just out of nowhere. It's just a last bit of thing.
1: You don't see her doing any calculations or anything like that. Oh, yeah. she just, here's what I need to do. But I was wondering why she couldn't just pull it closed from the, the safe side.
0: Yeah, because of sacrifice.
1: <laughs> As Aaron is so fond of saying, because the plot needs it to.
0: Yeah, because the plot needed to it. I really get very worried because recently Marvel did a comic series called The End. They took eight or so characters and it's like, this is their final ever story. They either die or they retire or whatever it is they do.
1: Final ever story until another writer comes on and decides they want to do them again.
0: It's one of those ones where it's like, it's a potential final. (laughs) I didn't read all of them, I read a few, but there was a Captain Marvel one and hers was In the Far Future, the Earth's Sun Dies and she has to fly into it to ignite it. And then that uses her up. That's all of her energy to reignite the star. And it's like the sun's dying. I was like, oh no. (laughs) Oh, I know what's going to happen. She's going to blow up. I was like, don't blow up. You're finally giving her a good film. So when it comes to like Monica Sacrifice, I was like, oh yeah, whatever. I don't care about (laughs) that.
1: Well, in the MCU, she can fly into a sun, reignite it, and she's fine. just fine, yeah. Should have done this 30 years ago. Or maybe I shouldn't have blown up the Supreme Intelligence in the first place.
0: But who would have known that blowing up a Supreme Intelligence would have caused the sun to die in a drought
1: yeah <laughs> i don't quite get the cause and effect there something about the Cree civil war and that did it i don't get it
0: it's like if you were your job and i don't know your office floor had a bit of a server issue so you just turned it off and on again they're like all the buses in the city are gone <laughs> and you're like oh, i didn't i didn't know this was the server for the buses the city's on fire everything's a disaster it's like oh i thought it was just this this thing
1: so c- captain marvel blew up a computer and suddenly we can't breathe, we have no water and no sun. You
0: can't breathe, you have no water and the sun's dying.
1: <laughs> because of the civil war? What was the civil war? That's another problem.
0: There's a civil war as well between yeah, the Because also we don't we don't meet the Cree very much.
1: Is it the blue Cree and the other Cree? They've never established much about the Cree. In the comics they're all blue. Yeah. But here it's It's whoever wants to put the makeup on. I'm fine with that. Not all Cree have to be blue, that's absolutely fine. Although, weirdly, there's a lack of design work done on the aliens that you see. They all look like humans.
0: Yeah, and I think also this world, it's not really an explained situation. We don't really know an individual power of a Kree. They're just kind of good soldiers. We met yon and we've met Barden, but they're specifically powerful Kree. or the accusers have like the weapon, yeah. So everyone we've met have been sort of souped up. Maybe
1: we had Ronin as well.
0: We do see a few of the soldiers. You could talk about Hydra soldiers or whatever. They're not especially strong or fast no but yeah kree society we don't really know like, what its capabilities are say like if the kree invaded this mcu earth would it be a fair fight we don't really know much about their society as a whole because when we do see characters in disconnected things it's hard to gauge what they are compared to our perspective like a standard human
1: yeah and you've never really got a sense of the relative power levels because kamala outside of her light powers when she hits someone she's just a 17 year old girl she doesn't have enhanced strength in any way and then you add her mother hitting them with lamps and stuff like that.
0: Yeah. I like that one guy who got mocked. That was really funny.
1: <laughs> you never got a sense of how powerful or how strong they are relative to, as you say, as humans. And then they can knock Carol around as well.
0: Yeah. I mean, I know she's not using her powers, but she's still powerful enough. She can still take the headbutt from Thanos, so she can probably take a punch.
1: Yeah, she's invulnerable whether she's glowing or not, isn't she? Because otherwise you just wait till she's not glowing and then shoot her in the face and then... Problem solved.
0: Yeah. It was sort of an inventive way, the sort of Freaky Friday swap around thing, which we still haven't managed to bring up. (laughs) But that's a fun way of making the fight more interesting than if it is just her flying through a series of spaceships, like she's just opening a door or whatever. You know, it's cool but it's not interesting.
1: Well, it challenges her in different ways, doesn't it? It's the disorientation side of it. She was one place and now she's in another place and she has to adapt to that. That was my favourite sequence, I think, was that early one where it was between the house, the ship, and that was it, wasn't it? The two locations. Yeah, that
0: was the best. I think also because it was filmed in such a weird, frenetic, frantic sort of way, so it was like... They don't know what's going on. We don't really know what's going on. Everything's just tumbling around.
1: Although I thought the characters adapted to their new surroundings very quickly most of the time. That disorientation didn't really happen. It wasn't, well, now where am I? Or whatever. It would be Carol would appear and then suddenly she would know where the bad guy is. I
0: suppose there's certain things. You wouldn't need too much time to kind of look around you and be like, oh, that. And I suppose it would be really odd if she just tumbled into the Khan's living room and just punched the dad's head off or something
1: (laughs) by mistake. (laughs) I think more disorientation would have... Sold it a bit better, especially for Kamala, because she has no idea what she's doing. Yeah. And she was the one freaking out a second later, but then she gets moved to the Kree ship and she's suddenly immediately creating light constructs and stuff like that.
0: On Kamala, on her skill set. It really depends on what the scenes do. Her character is great and she's really fun and everything, but she's either not very good or okay enough or just really good. One bit I didn't like, she's on the singing planet and it's like, use your scarf. She's like, all right. And then she's (laughs) kendoing everyone around with this scarf. How does she know about this? This isn't part of her high school. She hasn't done this ever before. Well, she's had no combat training. At all. And she's just using a scarf as essentially a whip and wrapping it around people's heads and whatever. This is out of nowhere. This feels
1: really odd. It's absurd competence, isn't it, that she has? She doesn't learn how to do that in her own show. She doesn't learn how to fight or whatever. She just has a scene where she's
0: fighting with a scarf. But in some stuff, like when they're on the scroll not the home world, but whichever world they're on, where she's like, oh, I'll make a big slide so people can escape, or I'll do this. That's much better. She's not fighting anyone. She's just trying to help as anyone would be like, oh, I can lift this, or oh, I can grab this. I think I would have preferred it if that was more of what her thing was, especially towards, say, the final fight with Darben. I mean, at that point, she would have had a bit of training with Carol and Monica. But if she was more just assisting out, we're not really seeing her do a lot of fighting. But she does have the sort of powers where she could be throwing shields up or extending around and moving people about or whatever.
1: Yeah, she's the support one, isn't it? She's not really getting in the mix. Plus there was all that, don't worry, we'll protect your daughter thing. So it would have made sense dynamically for her to be in the back row helping out rather than in the mix of it.
0: Sometimes Marvel movies tend to feel like they're sort of repeated storylines and I was really worried this movie was going to become they want to kill Kamala because she has the band. In the same way that Doctor Strange was like, we have to kill America Chavez. Or Black Panther was like, we have to kill Rui Williams. Sometimes you're like, yeah, we get it. There's a new kid and they're the target. I was a bit worried, oh, they going to do that again. But this one, is like, oh no, they don't really know much about the bands. She just happens to be wearing it. They protect her because she's still inexperienced and they want to protect her.
1: She's 16 or whatever, that's why
0: they're protecting yeah, her. Yeah, but it's not really the plot of the film, which I was quite glad of.
1: Yeah, she performs a function within that dynamic and it, it's not about her as such she has some of the information about the bands but even then carol knew more about it than she did yeah i've got this bangle and it moved me through time at one point and that was a thing that happened and she's like you're describing a quantum band and then carol's suddenly the one with the answers again
0: i do like it. she's like oh yeah my nana gave it to me that doesn't solve anything <laughs> yeah. how does your nana get it this is found in sculpture we smashed open i have a nana sent it in the mail oh, okay cool
1: one thing i was thinking i think we we're all thinking at the time when they did the Ms. marvel tv show that they rush through a lot of plot to prepare her for something that she would need to know or, or have in the marvels but yeah that has zoom through it's just the bangle that's all she brings from the tv show yeah so you didn't have to rush through all that stuff
0: again that's also probably a, a thingy against sort of going like well if you haven't seen Miss marvel if they did cover the quantum bands or whatever in that then you would need to know that again so that would have been a big problem if it was like we explained it in the tv show why everyone wants these or what these are so important for
1: they catch you up pretty quickly with all the relevant stuff with monica it's, i got these powers because i was running through a radiation barrier of a witchy's hex, and Carol's like, okay, that's perfectly normal.
0: You're a superhero. Yeah, we get it. You got powers in a hex or something.
1: Yeah. And then Kamala got this in the mail. Nothing about her being a mutant or anything like that. They're not talking about that. Yeah, they don't talk about that. The thing about Kamala is, I mean, she's as charming as she was in the TV show. She was such a great presence in this film as she was in the TV show, I think. The character's great, and I think Aman Valani is superb in that role as well. I've seen people online criticise the fact, well, oh, she's the uber fangirl and it's really annoying. Well, it's okay that Coulson fawns over Captain America. It's okay that Peter Parker fawns over Tony Stark. But when Kamala fawns over Captain Marvel, that's not okay, apparently.
0: Yeah, and also that's what her whole comic was. Yeah, <laughs> She started her comic life. Again, I've not read much, Miss Marvel. I think I read the first trade paperback
1: book. I've read the early Where
0: she's on Avengers forums and she knows about everyone she meets, whether it's Captain Marvel or Wolverine or, I don't know. Spider-Man. Spider-Man or whatever. She has a billion questions and she's meeting them at a thingy. So It'd be odd if she didn't do that because that's the character everyone wanted to see
1: it's just people criticizing it again as people on the internet do because she's doing that I don't know the personal histories of everyone that criticized maybe they hated Peter Parker doing that to Tony Stark as well but it seemed to not be a problem that was discussed as ubiquitously as it is now with this and part of me was worried that this film would make her fandom of Captain Marvel her entire role within this her entire personality so to speak but it's not it's part of it and I love that she has this very small again resolved very quickly this arc where she says I'm sorry for coming along too strong I didn't give you enough space to be a real person yeah so the the idea of her transitioning from this hero worship to oh wait she's a bit of a mess she's a real person and i should respect that and in theory that's a good arc for kamala to go through but you don't really see her go through it as such
0: yeah because you don't get much time with them
1: yeah she mentions it and then it's resolved there's no in-between moment there's no moment where she looks and goes well, that's not what I would have done. Yeah.
0: Also, I think the cons are all great. They're just really fun.
1: I think that was a good choice as well, because Kamala's probably the character that's most alienating to people that haven't watched the TV shows. If you've been watching the films, at least you'll have some idea of who Monica is. Yeah. Oh, she was a child the last time we saw her. Cool. Now she's an adult and has superpowers and is annoyed with her aunt for leaving her. But with Kamala, it's who the hell is this? Yeah. And it gives you that animated intro to her, which I suppose helps to some degree, but... I think that's more stylish than actually useful because it's, again, very quick and it doesn't impart information very easily.
0: Again, it's her character. She knows a lot about this world and she wants to be in and this is her enthusiasm. Yeah,
1: but when you have the cans there, you get an idea of her background and where she came from and who her family is. That helps with the grounding of that character who is the newest one, so to speak.
0: Yeah, and they fill a lot of roles as well One, they're very funny Unrelated, this movie is very funny But I think them specifically All of them are funny in different ways Like the dad's just chatting to different people About retirement and whatever <laughs> And the brother's just sort of being sarky and fun And just being an older brother And the mum's She's definitely, the, I think, the funniest of the three I'm a favourite of the Khan family and the mum Both being a mum in the sort of stern and caring way but it's like, don't be careful in space or whatever
1: You're not going on a space adventure <laughs> Yeah Or they're more concerned that she's ripped a hole in her cupboard door
0: oh yeah it's like well you're, maybe your friend comes to Marvel did it <laughs> just getting friends and kicking doors apart
1: you zip in here no apologies <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah she just turned out of space and just getting <laughs> grounded all over
1: I'm in space so I don't care where you've been you're showing disrespect a strength we haven't talked about this movie is it is very funny oh yeah
0: everyone's funny Samuel Jackson's funny there's a great joke when Monica's falling out of space and it turns to Carol last minute it's like oh it's Carol <laughs> yeah. she can take falling from which should be fine
1: when she whacks it at the ground, it's oh, that's cool, it's Carol. Yeah, that's
0: Carol. I love how it. it just sort of cuts off, like, ah, uh, that's Carol. <laughs> the next day just cuts away. Everyone's funny. Everyone is having fun. It's very infectious.
1: It did have me questioning how Carol got to that planet so quickly, though.
0: There's a lot of that.
1: She obviously used a jump point, but she was there two minutes later, wasn't she?
0: Yeah. When they're switching around, Kamala will switch with Carol, and then one of them will be on the Cree ship. But then a couple of scenes afterwards, they'll all be together. So it's like, well, how do they switch around again to get everyone back to where they, okay, well if you switch to Kree thing and you fly in or whatever, I guess also yeah, you wouldn't put that in the movie because it's tedious, but sometimes they'd be like, where are you? Where were you?
1: <laughs> yeah, it's the bit where Carol appears in the living room and it's like, well, Kamala will be where you were, and I was thinking, well, what's going on there then? Yeah. <laughs> because when she switches back, she's in the control room, isn't she? So
0: Yeah, it's to add to the confusion as well, add to the sort of chaos.
1: Yeah, but we're not supposed to be confused.
0: Sometimes I was a bit lost, I was like, when suddenly Monica's talking to Nick Fury on the Sabre it's like weren't you in the weren't you flipping how did you get (laughs) how did everybody get to where they need to be
1: were you in the space elevator what was going on (laughs) yeah yeah samuel jackson there's not a lot to say about him in this film you could have gotten rid of him after the first 20 minutes
0: yeah he's just in because again he was in the first one him and be a of friends i think you'd sort of put him in yeah he can be in
1: i mean the subplot with the baby flurkins, i don't know what the term for a baby flurkin is so we'll just call him that a fleur kitten? <laughs> a i
0: might be a fleur kitten.
1: that works that subplot had nothing to do with anything
0: no it's just because kittens
1: <laughs> it's just hijinks isn't it
0: just hijinks and kittens and fun.
1: It was entertaining hijinks, so I didn't yeah. really mind. It was you have to let the kittens eat you because that's how we're getting off this thing.
0: I think Sabre Maybe a sort of form of alpha flight but this is just all a big guess
1: it's just whatever shield was isn't it we have different organizations taking on yeah. that role because we had sword before but they were a bit shifty and now we have saber
0: i think it was early kelly thompson captain marvel so maybe like 2018 or so she was on the alpha flight space base and the 306 year old guy and the other woman who works with monica are kind of similar to some of the characters on that
1: okay alpha flight they're the canadian team aren't they
0: they're the canadian team yeah
1: that's where Wolverine came from, I think.
0: There's a few Captain Marvel stories where she had her own Alpha Flight base with her own team. I don't know if that was a reference to that or if that was just me going like, ah, that could be that person, I guess. It could be. It could be.
1: The MCU are always remixing elements from the comics and calling them something else, aren't they?
0: Yeah, it's a lot of that. I didn't look up if those characters were named or not. I probably
1: should have done. I was wondering what they were because the guy says he's 300 years old. Are they scrolls?
0: I think he may be a character called Puck okay he's just sort of a sort of rough beardy kind of like Gimli dwarf kind of guy and then there's the other woman who could be abigail thorne who is essentially a maria hill sort of character i think that was just in mostly for the retirement joke yeah but also just to say shield and and people this universe is expanding and they're not just employing new yorkers there's probably scrolls and there's probably ravagers and there's probably all this sort of going on that they can really hire in
1: it did make me wonder what they were though because it's, well scrolls is an obvious one because we've seen them work with the scrolls before and then we had Secret Invasion where the Skrulls tried to invade. Notice how the scrolls in this film were not trying to invade anywhere.
0: I've heard your review of Secret Invasion and some of the reviews, but I've not watched it. If you went from Captain Marvel 1 where the scrolls are just trying to escape a war.
1: Refugees, yeah.
0: Yeah, and then to this, they're still mostly refugees.
1: Apparently these ones didn't decide to try and infiltrate government and take over the world for some reason.
0: Not everyone does. <laughs> I know Marvel has a bit of a Poor form with their refugees. (laughs) Sometimes it's just nice to go. Yeah, some of them just want to live. Actually,
1: (laughs) well, I do wonder if the scrolls that were rescued by Valkyrie are they taking them to New Asgard? Is that where they're going to live now?
0: I guess so, or somewhere. I should zip them off. I enjoyed the inclusion of Valkyrie. It was just a nice little. It was just a cameo.
1: I'm conflicted about it because have her and Carol ever said any words to each other over? I
0: don't think so. I think this may have been a shipping thing. I know a lot of people like the idea of Valkyrie and Carol Danvers as a couple. Okay. And I think that might have just been a case of, well, we need someone, we need a cameo, and we can use this person, and they get a nice
1: little friendly moment. They were on the girl team-up in the end game. They were on the
0: girl team-up, yeah.
1: But that's about it. I guess they hit it off afterwards and had a chat and seemed to like each other. Say if they'd brung
0: someone else in, say if it was like Rocket or Captain America or Bucky Barnes or someone. It's just a, another person we kind of know who can just show up a bit.
1: It might have made as much sense for it to be Rocket or someone from nowhere, the idea that Come to nowhere, we take everyone.
0: Yeah, it could have been basically anyone. It just happened. <laughs> this is Valkyrie, and it was nice.
1: I mean, it was it was good to see Valkyrie. I think she's been pretty underserved since her introduction, actually. And then she's especially well done here. This idea, hi, Carol, old buddy, old pearls, good to see you again.
0: Yeah, it's just sort of a nice hint that, yeah, these characters, they have adventures that we don't see, and they do kind of make friends.
1: Yeah. That was a cameo that was spoiled before the film came out. It was in one of the trailers.
0: I think I watched the first trailer but I didn't watch the second because I heard it was like an avoid one and then you told me that apparently everyone was just sort of telling everyone what the end credits scene was.
1: Yeah, that got spoiled pretty quickly. We'll talk about that more when we actually get to that element but it seems that almost every surprise, not all of them which again we'll get to but almost every surprise was completely spoiled before this film came out which really annoyed me. We'll get to it. We're not there yet. We were kind of on Kamala. Like I say, I thought she was brilliant, she was charming. I like the idea of her not just being the fangirl she has plenty to offer as a hero by herself she really wants to help people and i suppose the bit where her perception of carol was shattered was when it was but there's people out there that aren't on the ship yet and she said we have to save who we can that's almost the you mean you're not doing whatever it takes to save everyone
0: yeah sometimes just to do your best
1: yeah but she she sees her as this flawless person that always gets the job done doesn't matter what the odds are yeah. and stuff like that. so it's, it's an important lesson in reality for her isn't it
0: yeah, in, in real life. But if you were hearing, of, oh yeah, this is how the Avengers saved the world and this is how this person did this. Actually being with them and seeing how it happens, it's messy and ugly and it's a lot of sacrifice and panic and working at the moment. So yeah, it's not as heroic as the end product
1: sounds. Yeah, we got some people out, but we couldn't get everybody out. That's yeah. just the reality of it. There's people that died on that planet and we have to find a way to live with that especially with Carol, with it being her fault almost in a way, because part of this is her owning up to and trying to make up for her mistakes as well. She's fully aware that she's created this situation and it was avoidable as well, but she needed to be more knowledgeable at the time in order to avoid it. So it's kind of a mistake and it's a costly one, but she doesn't try to shy away from it either. She does take the responsibility for it. She even says to Monica and Kamala that it's her fault.
0: Yeah, this is my fault. This is my reckoning, basically.
1: There was that nice bit of pride on Carol's face when she saw how compassionate... Kamala was trying to help the scrolls, And and when she talked to the little child, it's like, don't worry, she'll fix everything. I promise. Oh no, she's not just the annoying fan. There's something there.
0: Yeah, she can see the goodness that she wants to do and stuff. She's sort of polite initially, but then she's like, oh no, you're actually sound. Yeah. You're a good hero and I could actually treat you as a capable person
1: I like that she never loses that hero worship though as well even when the glass is shattered a bit she still has those moments of oh my god I'm doing this yes she's still sick <laughs> yeah when she's in the ship and she sees her all glowing and flying into battle and she's like oh captain my captain <laughs> it's
0: yeah it's still cool yeah. Yeah, she learned what it's like actually meeting your heroes, but also they're still heroes. She's like, oh, I still love them. I still think they're great.
1: Yeah. Oh, another delirious fanboy was Scott Lang with Captain America as well.
0: Yeah, and that is more played off as a comedy thing where it's not really in the story as much of Endgame. One of the Avengers where they meet, oh yeah, it must be Endgame.
1: Civil War as well.
0: Oh yeah, they mean Civil War.
1: It's Civil War where it starts and then it's the, that's America's ass line yeah. in Endgame as well. So that's something that stretches throughout. Being a fan is okay in the MCU. That's all right.
0: Fun. We're fans. We're watching their movies, so we could be like, oh, those people are fans of this character we're paying <laughs> money to see. And we're like reading about them online or whatever.
1: And I loved On the Singing Planet as well, where she's just gazing in awe at this situation that's playing out. How many fan fiction ideas are you getting from this? There's oh so many.
0: It's crazy that Kamala didn't join in.
1: Well, she was dancing about as they were walking down the corridor and stuff.
0: Yeah, but I mean, it's crazy that there was a musical number with singing and with Brie Larson singing, and then Kamala and Monica aren't roped into it. I thought that was going to go on way longer.
1: It's another element of the stuff that we wanted to see.
0: Yeah, do more of that, <laughs> definitely.
1: Give me more of the musical planet, because there's a really fun idea that you could have played with. And I think Brie Larson had a musical career at some point. She released music.
0: Well, she singed in Scott Pilgrim. Yeah, that's right. Maybe it is the case of these people just can't sing. <laughs> <laughs> we cast them now, they rubbish. Maybe they can just dance.
1: She definitely has released music. You can listen to it on YouTube in her youth, I guess, or younger years. But yeah, you saw Kamala getting into the dancing, and
0: it's odd that that felt like the most sort of guardians This is a fun, weird place, and they didn't go like the Guardians movies are incredibly popular because they are kind of cosmic and weird, and you go to these odd worlds. and I think they said comparing it to say, Multiverse and Madness, which I thought didn't really get very weird. It got a little weird, but the universes they visited were still basically Happy New York or Sad New York. <laughs> but they didn't do like an anime- section. other
1: than the quick montage yeah, the of yeah quick
0: cuts and stuff yeah. sometimes it's fun to lean into the weird because they're big set pieces that are standout moments
1: when I saw that scene the first time I was just thinking oh glad Aaron isn't here he'd be hating this he would think it's too wacky
0: it is very wacky and silly again that's fun I like wacky and silly
1: well yeah I like the Carol Disney princess moment and when Kamala said she's respecting the flow that was just the perfect line to compliment
0: I didn't feel like this would be, say if you had kids or nieces and nephews, this would be a good one to show them. It's quick and it's goofy and it's silly and even though there is stuff you need to know about the characters and stuff going in you could get away with this going like oh, she's really powerful she can fire lasers and she's a fan and stuff you could get past that relatively quick. I
1: mean kids are okay with just going with it most of the time.
0: Yeah they'll just go with it but wouldn't start your kid off of Endgame no. or I don't know another one which is just way too much. This would be kind of a good one. This is a fun, it's goofy that's why I keep comparing it to First Guardians.
1: It's just a fun goofy mission. I think I spotted a, a reference to the treatment of Brie Larson on the internet as well. Oh.
0: Oh, is it she cares so much and no one gets more grief for it?
1: That's exactly it, yeah. That line seems a little bit on the nose.
0: I think it was earlier this year, last year, something where Similar Jackson just went off on one about everyone being mean to Brie Larson and just going, like, all oh, these losers on the line, <laughs> leave my friend alone or whatever. I wouldn't be surprised if people that in just be like, I'll be in the movie if I get to insult some nerds on the internet. <laughs>
1: Yes, yeah, so the musical planet. Enjoyed it. I thought it was great. I would have liked to see more of it. If they did a, a musical negotiation with Darben or something like that to fill it out a bit because she just shows up and it's I'm here to steal your water. Let's fight and then that was it.
0: Yeah, there could have been like a villain song and stuff <laughs> would've been really fun.
1: Also, I feel like Darben could have got everything she needed by just asking for it.
0: Yeah, she did go really the wrong way around.
1: She could have just went to the water planet and said, "Can you spare an ocean's worth of water for us?"
0: Or just take over one planet.
1: It's a personal revenge mission, isn't it?
0: It's a personal revenge mission, but in a sense of immediacy, maybe just move. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I think Darben is forgettable even by MCU villain standards. There was just nothing there. Nothing at all.
0: She's not a particularly iconic comic villain either. I think she's just a character that showed up occasionally. She's kind of like a Steppenwolf i think and yeah she is just there to kind of be a threat
1: but they could have done something with her or dialed back what she was doing as well they tried to make it seem like the stakes were huge but they never felt huge and then she never felt like a character really she's only in like four or five scenes
0: yeah i was thinking if you'd swapped out her and just brought jude law back as Yonrog, rog it would have been probably a little better because it's the same motivation and also we get it oh yeah these kinds of history
1: yeah it must be a touchy subject in the hiddleston household where he talks about yeah look at all this stuff i got to do as loki and she's like i was in five scenes in one film and now i'm dead
0: i'm dead i blew up for some reason (laughs) i'm gonna die now i'm gonna blow myself up
1: yeah that didn't make any sense either my life doesn't matter whatever
0: again yeah she was just not in the movie (laughs) amazingly (laughs) well
1: because the idea of you destroy my planet and i hate you and i'm taking it upon myself to restore it that's quite good as a villain setup but as with every mcu villain practically it's just they don't do anything.
0: Yeah, the stars are always the heroes and the villains are mostly, with some exceptions, like they're just sort of there for plot.
1: Part of me was wondering if it might have been better had they been dealing with some kind of situation rather than a villain and then they just fight randoms as they go. They go to a planet and the people that live on that planet don't like that they're there and fight them.
0: Yeah, it could have probably. She's not like an unlikable, but yeah, she's just there. It's hard to make anything on her. She has the accuser's sword, I
1: think. Yeah, the cosmic rod, as Kamala wants to call it.
0: Yeah, yeah. Was it the ultimate weapon?
1: Universal weapon, I think. Universal it was called. weapon. It's just a big hammer. Yeah. A big glowing hammer.
0: Real, that doesn't mean anything like that. Yeah, it's just a general just a
1: hammer. <laughs> and she wore one of the bangles, which Carol failed to learn will absorb the energy that she fires. She got stuck by that four times, I think.
0: Yeah, she's not the best learner. She's like, I'll just do this again.
1: <laughs> I guess she's used to winning her fights with brute strength, though. She's probably not used to strategy very much.
0: Yeah, that it's is in character, where she's just like, I'll just try harder. And it's like, no, it's not working. <laughs>
1: No, oh, a one-handed beam didn't work. How about two-handed? two-handed beams? beams?
0: If I'm flying really fast, no. <laughs> boss has been working fine for thirty years, just flying in, and now it's like, oh no, what's gone wrong?
1: There's almost a link between Monica and Darben. The idea that she was someone that may have been promised something and then abandoned.
0: That's true, yeah.
1: It's not quite that connection because Darben just hates her because of what she did and Monica hates, well, doesn't hate her, but is a bit iffy with her because of what she didn't do. But it's the idea of you did something without thinking about it or you said something without thinking about it.
0: Yeah, it's so sort of hard to talk about Darben because she is just essentially the boss of some soldiers.
1: If you think about it, the Captain Marvel characterisation is almost Doctor Who-like, as in she flies in, has an adventure and then leaves and then doesn't consider the wreckage that she leaves in her wake.
0: It's probably why I like reading got. <laughs> <laughs> I was like these are really just yeah just fly in there's some people in need there's a bit of improvisation it usually goes wrong and then in the end she has a big heart and solves it
1: i always felt that certainly more modernly the silver surfer is a bit doctor who especially when they give him a human companion
0: you mentioned how the silver surfer is basically doctor who
1: when dan slott wrote him and introduced i think don her name is the companion he basically said yeah i'm doing doctor who but with the silver surfer
0: i guess if they put silver Surfer in Fantastic Four, if they make that, then we'll find out.
1: Maybe. Well, he'll turn up somewhere, or she is the possible rumour as well. They might do a female silver surfer. Either way, though. Dan Slot said he wanted to write Doctor Who, and because he worked for Marvel, he legally couldn't write for Doctor Who.
0: So he just wrote a Doctor Who, but with a big surfboard.
1: Yeah, and then he renegotiated his contract with Marvel and said, I want to be able to write Doctor Who comics as well. So they put that clause in, let him do one of those a year or whatever. And now he is. Now he is. That's a bit of an aside. Dan Slot, good for him. Good writer. Yeah. I like him. I liked to run on Spider-Man and Silver Surfer. What I read of it. I enjoyed that as well. But bit forget and forgettable. I mean, she dies and then you forget she was ever there. I forget she's in the film when she's not on screen.
0: Yeah, she's just sort of like, oh yeah, this is the thing they are looking for. The <laughs> <best person."
1: laughs> she just turns up now and again to annoy you or do something. And she never seemed especially threatening either. Again, it was the relative power levels because it feels like Carol should be able to smoke her pretty easily, but it takes three of them and they're just moving about.
0: Yeah, she's given an awful lot of, Armor stuff to make her formidable enough
1: to yeah. keep going.
0: I also thought it was odd that like, they target every planet Captain Marvel feels like home, and it's like three. <laughs> she doesn't go very far. She's in space forever, it's like, oh yeah, that war planet was nice. I was there for like 25 years, I guess. I got married.
1: The scroll refugee planet. She enjoys that, apparently.
0: I think that was more just a, the scroll people, because I think the planet was just wherever. Yeah. And then Earth, obviously, but she's not really been doing too much hopping about,
1: I guess. It's funny when you think about the Earth side of it, because you see from New York, the sun dimming. It's like, oh God, what's going on
0: now? Oh, sun's
1: dimming. We've still got that giant eternal poking out of the ocean that we haven't talked about in years, and now this. It's weird, because I said in my review that it's refreshingly low stakes, but it is really high stakes in a way, because it's fate of the Earth at the end.
0: It's not refreshingly low stakes, it's refreshingly, not like chapter a million in a big, long thing. It's not leading anywhere. You can just go in and watch it and you've got the whole thing.
1: Even though the stakes are high, they don't feel high, though. There's no sense of urgency associated with the threat, is there?
0: It's much more about these three characters and there just happens to be a threat for story reasons but yeah you're not going in to see the villain and their big plot
1: the villain wants to destroy the sun Okay, yeah
0: she's just doing villain stuff and these characters just do hero stuff but what's making this movie good is these three heroes and how they interact
1: i like choosing the jump points as a plot point as well we've seen them since the first guardians yeah so it's good to see a bit of an explanation as to what they are although we created them using these two bangles as a bit of a stretch I think.
0: Well yeah, someone just sort of whip this up, I guess. I didn't really think much about it to be honest. I was like, yeah, sure. It's handy for space traversal and it's been around for a bit. So it's like, yeah, it could be made with bangles or a wizard.
1: Or they're just there, they've always been there.
0: It's kinda of like when Iron Man invents time travel, but he just spends a bit of time on it. And you're like, Oh yeah, I've got that.
1: I found myself questioning the mechanics of the jump points, though, as in, what do you have to do to access it? Because there's no earthcraft that have just stumbled into them when they've been flying out in space, for example. And there's one, you can access it right from Earth's orbit quite easily. Or in the case of the water planet, when you're inside the atmosphere of that planet strangely. It made me wonder, do you have to emit some kind of signal to trigger it or something like that?
0: I don't really think that's hard,
1: but probably. <laughs> Kamala presses a button to open one, doesn't she?
0: Yeah, she activates one.
1: Yeah, You have to dial the right number or something and it opens the... It's
0: like an Indiana Jones, you have to get your Nazi plane and figure it out <laughs> and not be off too much.
1: This is because I'm a Star Trek viewer, I find myself questioning the how does that work thing, because... That's a big thing in Star Trek. Yeah. The science in these films is dreadful at this point. Yeah, the science is dreadful. Carol can breathe and talk in space.
0: Everyone can fit in a cat. (laughs) It's fine. I don't worry about
1: it. One thing I did wonder about was when Monica and Kamala switched places the first time. Well, it was Monica switched places with Carol and then Carol switched places. It wasn't quite one-to-one, but anyway, Kamala ends up in the space suit. I was thinking, why didn't the space suit go with Monica? I know the answer is because otherwise Kamala would be dead, but still
0: it's sort of stuff like that way yeah, you have to bend the rules a bit just for the sake of
1: because every other jump they carried whatever they were holding on to at the time with them
0: yeah do they flip when they're skipping and stuff when they learn to use it you take over the activity
1: sometimes they bring stuff and sometimes they don't yeah because you had the book balancing as well they switch places and they were balancing the same books that the other person had
0: yeah the books stay and the people swap and stuff yeah i think it's just whatever <laughs> really-
1: the practice switching montage was quite cool
0: Yeah, that was really fun. Good team building. That was a good team scene. Good use of the Beastie Boys. A lot of fun. More of that stuff.
1: They forgot about the switching gimmick for most of it, though, after that, didn't they? You had the bit where Carol asked to be tagged into the fight, and you had them accidentally switch when they were fighting some of the goons. But that was about it. It became a non-issue after that.
0: Yeah, they only switch intermittently. It's not like when you always use your powers, it's randomly.
1: It's when two or more of them use their powers at the same time, was what they said.
0: Yeah, I don't have too much of a problem with that. It's a fun gimmick to get everyone in together, and then when they learn it sort of machine, well, they've got a better handle of it, so it's going to happen less.
1: Same point, isn't it? The idea of, well, you've got this really good thing that I would like to see more of, so the switching, they could have done more with it. Yeah. As they were going, it could have hindered them and helped them at the same time at different points. It could have been used in that way. Like, tag me in, I can do this, or whatever. The, The bit where Carol shows up to confront Darben at the end, and Monica's there cloaked, and then switches with Kamala, and then she just floats up through the floor, so Kamala was on the lower deck or something. Stuff like that. It seemed like there was a lot more potential to it than they actually had to play with.
0: Yeah, they could have done. But I think, again, with Darben's character, it's all just to get the meat of the story, which is these three having an interaction. So again, it would be fun to see more of it, but ultimately it's just a gimmick set up to kind of have some fun. But again, yeah, it would also be more fun, go weirder with it.
1: Yeah, there's different ways they could have used it. One way they could have used it was for the evacuation, actually, if you think about it. Because if they can bring people with them, you have one on Earth and then one on the the station.
0: I oh, you just whipping it out.
1: And you just move back and forth and you bring people with you.
0: Yeah.
1: Or call Wong. I Maybe mean, he can help.
0: I'm call Wong, he's probably busy.
1: <laughs> he's probably busy watching The Sopranos or whatever he does.
0: Yeah, whatever he's doing, he's cage fighting.
1: <laughs> yeah, I don't think we need any more of assassination of Wong as a character. He seems to be suffering somewhat lately.
0: He's just in loads, isn't he? Yeah.
1: Doctor Strange, She-Hulk, Spider-Man, Shang-Chi. Remember that?
0: I never saw Shang-Chi. Apparently that's a good one.
1: Yeah, it is a good one, actually. It seems to be the issue with these phases, though. And obviously you've got this multiverse story that they want to tell, but they've introduced a couple of MacGuffins that could be something important. So they they rolled out what the bangles are in this one. They told you what they were for. But in Shang-Chi, there is the Ten Rings and they haven't highlighted what they're for as of yet. But the bangles seem to be somewhat resolved. Although one thing I noticed that when Kamala got back to Earth, she was only wearing one of them, even though she was wearing two of them a minute ago. So what happened to the other one?
0: I guess he just chucked it. (laughs) It's quite dangerous putting them together, so they're probably just like, oh, we'll bury it in a big well, isn't it?
1: Carol's got it under a pile of dirty clothes or something on her ship.
0: Probably. she just uses it as like a pen holder or something.
1: <laughs> what did you think of the ending where Carol decided to move into Maria's house? You've talked before about Carol lives in like a farmhouse in the middle of nowhere.
0: So yeah, comic-wise, she lives in Maine or somewhere like that. Yeah, she just lives... A lake in a little house when she's on Earth, just because her mindset is if anyone tries to get me, I'm not in New York. I can get there fast enough to help with an Avengers threat, but I also want to be away from harming people. I think it's just a nice thing for this movie. It's not that mindset, it's just it's this is where Monica is. This is how Captain Marvel 1 ended, and she has a bit more on Earth base as well now that she feels she can call home home again. So I thought it was a nice little ending, and also this is all speculation onto the future of how much Brie Larson will be Captain Marvel as with everyone.
1: She said that she might just not want to put up with this anymore.
0: <laughs> yeah, he'd be fair she didn't want to put up with all this slack anymore. Yeah, having a place to settle, yes, yeah, it's just nice. She's got a bit of closure for her character if that's how Caldwell's story mostly ends. I'm sure she'll be in Avengers stuff but if this is her, not solo movie but her focus movie then she's got a nice ending. She's got a new place back at home. And so say I thought it was a nice little sweet, especially the moment with her and Kamala on the plane as well now that we're not getting killed let's hang out
1: we will just be friends yeah. yeah I liked Kamala's mother saying this box says kitchen but it has packets of hot sauce and this weird tray." <laughs> yeah that's another I guess single person living alone trope isn't it the idea that yeah they don't eat very well
0: I expect it to be like in Miss Marvel where she just keeps giving Bruno stacks of Tupperware it's always be one of those maybe like two weeks <laughs> of food just whips it up
1: here's a bunch of Indian food
0: yeah Odd admission mission of Bruno, but I suppose there was not much space for him to be in. Yeah, where
1: would you put Bruno in this story? Season two of Ms. Marvel, it'll be, I met Captain Marvel and we had an adventure. it's like, and you didn't call me?
0: Oh, all right, cool. I was working in that
1: Seven Eleven 11 a little
0: bit.
1: <laughs> Do you think Saber will pay for the damage to the house? We'll
0: it'll be fine. i will be fixed by the second series. Avengers must have a disaster fund if, if you get your flat
1: kicked in. Yeah, you would think so. Although Sam said in Falcon and Winter Soldier, it's kind of a volunteer thing we don't get paid yeah it's a shame really one scene I really liked was the memory mind meld thing using the scroll device and you had that scene between Carol and Maria yeah the cancer's back and Monica's gone and you have to take the cat and she's like I don't want to take the cat I'm going to die soon so you have to deal with that one thing I noticed was that she referred to Monica being blipped that wasn't a term that appeared until after everybody came back.
0: I guess that's just a term the audience know.
1: <laughs> yeah, stood out to me though. She disappeared. She turned to dust. Say that instead. I don't know. But it was a really good scene. It was. It was good to it
0: was really nice. Yeah,
1: remind of that relationship.
0: Yeah, it was good to have a flashback of those two characters. Yeah, because they were working together in the first movie and stuff. So it's nice to see those two reunite.
1: And you get to see Monica's past as well, which includes some scenes from WandaVision.
0: Yeah, and again, it's another excuse for like, if you didn't see the show, this is kind of what happens.
1: And Kamala like, oh, Monica, you're so cute.
0: Yeah, that's nice, lovely. Again, it's speeding through character stuff, but it's a nice way of doing it.
1: Definitely, yeah. And it does set up for the ending of this plane's important to us, important to me, Maria and Monica. It was a thing, you know, I don't have the key, but I'm going to keep an eye on it, keep it safe. And then the hope that Monica will come back as well yeah which was nice we we think she'll come back
0: so yeah future wise we've got
1: we have two hints of the future one is actually something i would have felt would be more appropriate as a post-credit scene than the other one was we'll talk about it first the kate bishop cameo i feel like that was more of a post-credit scene whereas i think the beast cameo should have been the pre-credit scene because it is actually a resolution to something the film was doing
0: yeah i thought the beast one was a bit messy and
1: it's not very good
0: it's not very good it's just weird that definitely felt like not a big negative on the film but it felt like the cameo fest bit how much stuff can we mention in two minutes sort of <laughs> i don't think i was actually listening to what anything was saying i was like oh they're doing this
1: and kelsey grammar wasn't actually on set it was definitely a cgi construct and it looked awful
0: yeah you have know, cgi fraser just sort of doing stuff and they're like here's the x-mansion and maria's taking on the role of Binary now, which I think comic wise, it's an energy amalgamation of Captain Marvel. I think. Okay. I think the thing is, she's a creation from Carl Danvers herself, manifesting into a form. Okay. But I sort of was thinking in Doctor Strange, we had Maria Rambo as a Captain Marvel and an X-Man. It felt a lot like that again. Yeah, she was
1: a member of the Illuminati.
0: And that sort of felt not like damage control, but of a preemptive, oh, this is what is going to get people to go see this. We need to put some X-Man and we need to put some stuff in as opposed to the Ms. Marvel one of the two. I'm much for that one because it's still leading somewhere. Also, I think of the two, the Ms. Marvel one actually might happen. <laughs> With the Monica one, it's just sort of stuff. Is this the X-Men? Are they going to pick up this thread? Or is this just another reality? Is this like the Illuminati one? Are they ever going to revisit it again? It's just kind of messy. Whereas, oh yeah, they'll probably do a Young Avengers.
1: The thing about the Fox X-Men universe is it's so inconsistent anyway that almost every film could be set in its own universe to some degree. So there's probably just a ton of X-Men realities that they can just use.
0: Yeah, it felt just kind of look, stuff, stuff, stuff. Again, that's why I sort of zoned out. I think they mentioned Charles as Xavier at some point.
1: Yeah, he says Charles is looking for an update.
0: Yeah. I was like, ugh, big mental groan. I was like, oh, you have to put their foot in it. (laughs) Just hear some references.
1: It's made me worry a bit about what they're going to do when they introduce the X-Men.
0: Yeah, same. Are they going to just do the Fox stuff again?
1: Well, the rumour is that secret wars is going to act as a crisis and infinite earth style soft reboot we're
0: just going to smash everything together yeah where
1: you smash a bunch of realities together that's what secret wars did in the comics as well wasn't it it was you have the main universe you have the ultimate universe you have some other stuff
0: yeah just cleaning up
1: yeah so i wonder if it'll be here's our new world and mutants have been here the whole time so here's the x-men and so on so then you have the fox cast effectively
0: it's the least fun way of doing yeah
1: because i do want to see new takes on these characters yeah also i suppose kelsey grammar's beast never really got his day in the sun because he was in x-men 3 and that wasn't very good and then he was seen briefly in days of future past yeah but that was it so they haven't really done anything with kelsey grammar as beast but also i feel like the moment's maybe a bit gone as well
0: it is yeah cameos are nice and like i'm gonna be happy to see wolverine again and stuff
1: Yeah, Wolverine and Deadpool 3 just makes sense to me, though. That
0: makes sense, yeah. With the multiverse, you can have these fun stuff. But what I'm worried about is, don't make this a permanent fixture. It's running out of steam, I think, pretty quickly. It worked very well in Spider-Man. And then I think each time they've done it afterwards, it's felt like more and more a mix of lazy or unimaginative.
1: Well, there's a rumour that Monica's going to be in Deadpool 3, which I think started before this. Yeah. And there's also a rumour that the TVA... So Owen Wilson is going to be recruiting the prime versions of all the heroes for Secret Wars. No okay. kidding. So you get, hey, Toby Maguire and Hugh Jackman, you're the best Spider-Man and Wolverine, so come with me and... Let's make a team. So it seems like they will be leaning quite heavily on these prior iterations of these characters, at least to some degree. I mean, that's only a rumour. So I've no idea. But there tends to be no smoke without fire when it comes to these things. You tend to find there's a lot of truth in it. Yeah. Like when they said they were bringing Toby Maguire and Andrew Garfield in, or when they were denying it, but everybody knew it was going to happen. It just seemed like you might as well not deny it because we all know.
0: I think of the two, if we count the final bit of the movie where she starts recruiting for Young Avengers, that's more interesting, I think.
1: feels like that's something you should have been doing ages ago. Yeah, you could have got on this. I like that scene. I love that she did the same dialogue, or most of it anyway, from Iron Man.
0: Yeah, that's a sort of fun thing of doing it. It's like, I'm going to do my Nick Fury thing.
1: Yeah, so she did the, you think you're the only kid superhero in the world and you've just become part of a larger universe. It's the same stuff that Nick Fury says. Where'd you get that? I found it down my couch. (laughs) (laughs) i love that chat with the tablet earlier if this is secret information why is it on a transparent screen
0: oh yeah that's really fun
1: yeah and the funniest thing is i've been saying for a long time that it feels like marvel are leaving their best assets on the table when it comes to character stuff so kamala khan she's in this film but there's no known plans to do anything with her after that and yeah even this may not materialise for another five years by the time they get through all the stuff that we maybe don't want to see. Then you've got Haley Steinfeld as Kate Bishop as well. Haley Steinfeld being one of the most famous young actresses working today. Whenever she's in something, people go to see it, people want to see it. Except Bumblebee, which didn't do very well. But still, the point stands. You're just leaving this on the table. You could have had season two of Hawkeye by now.
0: I think that's what they're sort of going to do. It's like, say, this week we had a trailer for Echo, which is another spin on another thing that came out of a thing and stuff. I think they are going to more move to, say, with what we've had. I personally really enjoyed the second series of Loki that just finished off. That feels better because it's, it's not just another one. I'm more likely to watch a Ms. Marvel
1: 2 or.
0: I was going to say all the other ones. I don't think watch the other ones.
1: Have you seen Hawkeye?
0: I've not seen Hawkeye. The only ones I've seen were Division, Falcon Winter Soldier, which I didn't like, Ms. Marvel, and the Loki stuff.
1: What if? You saw What if as well? Oh, I
0: did see What if. But that does not really count because that's just sort of whatever's...
1: You should watch Hawkeye. It's the best one, as far as I'm concerned. Okie
0: Yeah, but I think, because there's, obviously there's a lot. So listen to them off now. That's quite a
1: lot of stuff. The thing about Hawkeye is it sounds like it's along the lines of what you're into. Something a bit smaller scale and character-driven.
0: Yeah, say if they were doing... I know that series did do well, and if they got Kelly Stanfield's Kate Bishop. Focus on your characters you've got. I'm not saying don't give any more of them a go, but don't one and done everybody <laughs>
1: Yeah. The Kate Bishop cameo was a surprise to me. I didn't know about that. The Beast one had been spoiled for ages. People were putting GIFs of the, the 90s animated Beast on Twitter and stuff for weeks yeah. before it, it leaked. As good as I am avoiding these things, even I couldn't avoid it because it was obvious to put two and two together, even when people were trying to be aloof about it. They were trying to be funny about it. It's obvious what's going on here. So there's a post-credit scene where Kelsey Grammer turns up as Beast. That's what I'm expecting to happen. And that's what did happen. But the Kate Bishop thing I wasn't expecting and I was so glad to see her again because I loved her so much in Hawkeye. I thought she was really good in that role and I loved the character so it was good seeing that. And then the idea of the Young Avengers, I'm putting a team together. I'm 23 and you're 16 or whatever. There's already a potential leadership issue there, isn't there? Yeah. Once she said, did you know Ant-Man had a kid? Yeah. You don't want Cassie on the team, though. She's really annoying, as she was in Quantumania. But they've suggested that Kid Loki could be on the team. I don't really want that. I don't know. Probably Spider-Man,
0: I guess. Or Miles Morales.
1: Yeah, Spider-Man's a kind of main-line yeah. hero.
0: But it's a thing that feels less like, just look at stuff. Here's the X-Mansion. Here's Captain Marvel, like, binary costume. Here's Kelsey Graham. Here's Frazier. This one felt like you can tell what this is going to, whereas the other one just sort of feels like we're in a room of stuff that you know and it was a bit more incoherent.
1: You can see the progression of where they're going to go with this potentially. Of the X-Men. So. No, of the Kate Bishop Young Avengers thing.
0: Yeah, that makes sense where you can go with that.
1: Although they've been setting up other things like when they introduced US Agent and stuff like that that they didn't really do anything with. I'd rather see Yelena being the Young Avengers than the thunderbolts there's something a bit old school about that tease of the young avengers isn't there it feels like what marvel used to do as in giving you something with a potential purpose behind it
0: yeah exactly that's what made it more it's not just the final sort of cheer look what we've got look what's in the drawer but the other one feels like you're gonna do it
1: <laughs> did you see the list someone put online of all the post-credits things that will probably go nowhere
0: Not in it, but it's probably about a billion.
1: You've got the Eternals one with Harry Styles. Yeah, we'll
0: never see Hercules.
1: Yeah. Scorpion from Spider Man.
0: Whatever the Doctor Strange one was. Clear.
1: Charlize Theron, yeah. Yeah. Well, that seems like it'll just be the setup for Doctor Strange 3, I guess, if they do make one. If they do. Well, that's part of the problem, though. You have no sense of where the universe is going, whereas when you saw the post credit stings in previous phases it was like okay this is where we're getting to in the avengers here's quicksilver and scarlet witch introducing a post-credit scene we know we're going to see them in the avengers and so on. you do get a sense of progression because you know what's coming or you know that they're going to pay this off in some way whereas now they're just in post-credit scenes and it's yeah whatever we might do this we might change everything might throw it all out who knows yeah exactly
0: i mean that kind of leads us on to the reception of the movie yeah and marvel and its
1: current state So this movie hasn't done very well. It's not done great. I think
0: word of mouth's sort of picking up that this one is at least a Disney Plus watch.
1: Yeah, watch it when you don't have to pay for it. It'll be out soon. Box office wise, it's definitely tanked, although critically it hasn't done as badly as people thought it was going to. The reviews range from, yeah, it's all right, to this is the worst thing ever. And it seems that it's more skewed in the direction of this is all right.
0: Yeah, the initial reaction was very polarised, where it's like, this is amazing, or this is absolutely terrible. And now it's just sort of something like, yeah, it's fun. Just a fun one.
1: It's not essential viewing. It's not the best that Marvel can do, but it's fine.
0: Yeah, it's cold out. If you need to go in somewhere, you can watch this movie.
1: <laughs> so I'm glad that the critical mauling hasn't been as severe as it has been with other things. Stuff like Quantumania deserved it because it just wasn't very good. And the box office thing, people are saying, well, it's because it's got Brie Larson in it and everybody hates her. It's because it's too woke or whatever. And I just don't think that's the case. I think the box office is the way it is because of several factors. One of which is Captain Marvel was released between two Avengers films, as we said earlier. This wasn't. I think the overall appetite for blockbusters, especially ones that don't look amazing, is a lot lower. I mean, we've had so many blockbusters this year, most of them have been at best mediocre. Just white noise in a way.
0: Yeah, there's a lot of that outside of Marvel as well, just sort of weird stuff.
1: (laughs) Marvel gets the blame more than others because there's so much of it. So it's an easy target yeah people talk about superhero fatigue but i've always said it's more like mediocrity fatigue yeah we're sick of seeing stuff that just isn't that good and we're not going to pay for it anymore you have to do better
0: yes to really make it worth seeing and not just relying on oh well all the marvel movies have done well so this one will do well
1: and then there was an actor strike on so you couldn't have a man villani doing press junkets where she just gushes about everything
0: yeah no publication which is also a sting
1: and releasing a trailer that suggests that you have to do homework also probably didn't help
0: exactly that's what i was going to say about people saying like oh but you have to see secret wars and you have to see one division you have to see this and this and this and i think when the thunderbolts rolls out that's got us agent and Yelena and ghost from ant-man 2 it's just bits and bits from other things yeah obviously with the warrior as marvel spreads itself more and more characters are introduced there is a lot of concern it's like oh well what do i need to know going in there's a lot i've missed a lot yeah this may have been one of the more clickbait trailers ever where they did the thing with the expect the unexpected and the X state and whatever <laughs> none of that was there the film will change everything and stuff this is not as
1: pivotal as the trailers making it out and stuff they threw in the line about there's another reality bleeding into ours no it doesn't matter it's just a space scape that's all it is
0: so I think that it backfired a bit because it made it sound more like, oh, this is connected to this whole big multiverse stuff that's going on. Whereas I think if they'd just gone like, oh, this is a kind of simple, fun movie. It's an old school, phase one style of movie where it's just a good team of people doing a thing. Obviously, yeah, it's still going to be affected by strikes and Marvel as a whole and everything. But I think it would have made people less worried about, oh, can I go into this one? Which I think may be part of the reason why people are now going like, oh, I'll catch on Disney+. Plus. Or, oh, yeah, then maybe this I will check this one out. It's because they are now hearing it's a harmless movie that isn't really a big chapter in the overall story. Now let's get a bit more confirmed. You can watch it, but you don't have to pay a lot of money for it sort of thing.
1: It's also related to the ongoing Marvel issue about the budgets and the fact that they go in and change things yeah, so frequently and throw a lot of stuff out. This film apparently cost $250 million, but I'm not seeing that on screen. It
0: doesn't look like that, yeah.
1: I thought the visuals were fine.
0: They were fine. They were the same as most. Like you're saying about blockbusters, you'll kind of look to the same quality.
1: It looks better than most recent Marvel stuff. If you compare it to Quantumania, for example, there's actual colour. Yeah. The singing planet, anyway, is colourful. The costumes, someone actually sewed some fabric, which was nice.
0: Yeah, it looks more real, which is nice.
1: The spaceship set was an actual set with stuff in it rather than just the volume.
0: Yeah. But it doesn't look like it was a crazy expensive one. This feels like it's just another one.
1: Yeah. Feels like you should be budget wise about the same as the first Thor movie or something like that. Something on that level, whatever that was.
0: Yeah, and obviously inflated up and whatever and extra stuff but this shouldn't be like your avengers end game budget
1: yeah i really hope they learn from this and focus on planning properly and delivering actual quality because that's what needs to happen
0: this will happen with marvel for a little bit i think they're going to kind of win everyone back
1: the only time you'll see improvement is on a project they haven't started yet
0: yeah because obviously they plan so far in advance and they've got to get through whatever they're going to do in the future and stuff
1: yeah they've said that captain america 4 is going to have extensive reshoots yeah. So that's concerning. Blade, they can't seem to get a script.
0: When it comes to the Captain America 4 reshoots, I'm sort of hoping on the line of this probably just needs to put more effort in.
1: Yeah. They threw out all the work they did on Daredevil.
0: Yeah. I think a lot of that is we need to sort of try a bit harder and not go in as confident on um, fine.
1: Or stop listening to stupid execs that don't know what they're talking about and ask us to make pointless changes. I saw the film The Creator recently, the Gareth Edwards movie, the guy directed Rogue One and the first modern Godzilla movie. Honestly that guy should be giving lessons to directors and producers on how to manage budget.
0: Oh yeah, that's like £5 or
1: <laughs> $80 million and it's stunning and part of it is the storyboarding for the effects would have been done ahead of time it would have all been signed off, it would have been planned it would have been given to the effects team with enough time to produce it, stuff like that. Guardians 3 for example, you can imagine that James Gunn had everything planned out before they started doing the work on it and it seems like Marvel would have just left him to it once everything and signed off
0: even with like Loki collectively counting as 12 episode big story like, it's thought out and it's not reactionary this feels like this is what they wanted to do and it was well structured and it doesn't feel like it was messed about with it wasn't really had any extra reshoots. or I was like oh no we just knew what we were doing and we made it
1: yeah and then the people that are blaming Nia Decosta for it as well, she already said that I'm making a Kevin Feige movie, so my actual individual stamp is, is somewhat limited. But also, people were attacking her because she was apparently starting work on another film while well, post-production was happening on this one.
0: And also, this was supposed to be out in March.
1: Yeah, but it's also another example of people not knowing how the film industry works. Because that happens all the time. You have directors bouncing between projects. They come back to stuff, they leave stuff, they come back. For example, Steven Spielberg famously went from Schindler's List to Jurassic Park, one after the other, and no one criticises him for that. They just seem to be trying to attack a black female director. And also, even though it hasn't made that much money, it is the highest opening for a black female director ever. In history.
0: Yeah, I think unfortunately this film has been under fire before it's even come out and kind of judged way ahead, which is a shame.
1: It's sacrificed in a way, isn't it?
0: Yeah, or always scapegoats. It's usually a woman somewhere. <laughs> usually it's Brie Larson, it's now getting Mia DaCosta and... Uh,
1: Brie Larson and da Costa did it again.
0: Ruining Star Wars together. <laughs> there's a reactionary and there's also all the people online who just want to make money off rage and saying everything's woke and ruining men or whatever. But I think once this is just out and people can watch it, at home on disney plus or whatever it might find an audience yeah yeah, it's just a laugh it's just a nice one it's a good old movie to watch on a cold
1: evening all the criticisms of wokery as well is quite funny because there's nothing especially heavy-handed about any of the messaging in this film
0: just like be friends yeah
1: it's just three characters that happen to be women that's all it is
0: but again that's the poison of the word woke is woke is just whatever they don't like could be anything.
1: It's promoting your woke agenda. Why? Because three women are interacting and getting along.
0: People have friends and some Muslims in it or something. (laughs) It's very inoffensive. It's just a movie.
1: If this was Captain America, Tony Stark and Sam Wilson, would they be saying the same thing?
0: It's just people making friends there's nothing morally upsetting to anyone it's just a superhero movie but see rage sells and that gets reviews and whatever
1: did you see stephen king's tweet about the box office
0: oh yes yeah, i like, don't glorify failure Yeah, why
1: are you celebrating the failure of something that it's not nice stop it
0: yeah it's just sort of sad but yeah it's clout and money and there's people who do that think about oh, if you did that how many downloads this would have got if it was like uh, MCU.
1: <laughs> what we're going to do is we're just going to delete our recordings, then we're going to start again. We're just going to rant for two hours. We'll
0: go drink a load of
1: Red Bulls. What we'll do is the Patreon content will be our real content, just the stuff where we give our real opinions, whereas the commoner content will be just us raging against wokeness. Yeah. Never do that. No. Nah. have to be on the right side of history, or try to be.
0: Also, it's really sad. <laughs> <laughs> It's just screaming in tantrums.
1: We get it. You're not progressive.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's fun to hear stuff getting torn apart.
1: But yeah, I feel like torn apart in the way that we do it, as in we try and analyse it properly. We don't just leap to these conclusions, so we try and break it down and explore why it doesn't work.
0: Yeah. And also on a personal thing, I much prefer enthusiasm like say if i was watching youtube videos and stuff and oh this person is just enthusiastic about watching movies and stuff not going in with oh they've done it again another (laughs) misfire by this why would i watch this dreary video
1: As a sort of concluding point, I don't think this film has an awful lot in it to actually analyse properly. A lot of it is very surface level, which means it's difficult to dig into what it's trying to say, because I don't think it's trying to say anything.
0: That's also kind of what makes it charming. It's just a nice, charming, fun film. It doesn't mean too much, it's just kind of pleasant watch. It's good characters, good friends. It's when good neighbours become good friends, (laughs) but the neighbours are in space or whatever.
1: It's just mates
0: just mates it's just mates having a nice time yeah it does feel kind of old school in the sense of early marvel just characters meeting up and having a nice time and it's not really designed to be over analyzed or torn
1: apart or whatever i think if they know what side their bread is buttered on they should have kamala khan interacting with everyone that they possibly can just to see how she bounces off certain people it'll be interesting to see if and when she meets the tom Holland spider-man because they're about the same age
0: yeah i think they will lean on of the three characters here as much as i'd like to cheer on captain marvel and see more of her stuff i think the winner of this is there'll be more ms marvel
1: it depends what brie larson decides to do if she decides I'm sick of people complaining about me online so i'm not gonna do this anymore
0: yeah it depends on
1: everything i'm gonna go back to my indie dramas see you later
0: yeah it's a fresh foothold to go with and she's very much a, a bundle of joy character.
1: Yeah and you don't see her say much to Kate Bishop but she says a a few things so you get a sense of yeah that'd be fun if we saw that blown out a bit more and like I say Tom Holland's Peter Parker I've read the comics where they first met and he's a seasoned older hero but he relates to her because i was once like you i was once the clueless teenager that had powers you're the new me it was that message
0: i just thought then because tom holland's been erased from everyone's memory but she probably has fan fiction about him She'll. (laughs) the only person knows who he is like yeah spider-man is how do you know i wrote it
1: (laughs) well everybody remembers spider-man oh that's true yeah but they don't remember who peter parker is yeah they don't remember that him and peter parker are the same person and peter parker's been erased from everyone's minds but spider-man is still a fixture yeah that's true So she probably knows who he is yeah, and would maybe be a fan. But the idea that they're the same age or similar age.
0: Yeah, they're similar ages.
1: Because it would be the idea of she's considered a B tier hero in a way because she's doing the young Avengers, but he's an Avenger or was. Yeah. So it could be that We're the same age. You know, in those YouTube videos where you see with the rank stuff and they have the same template with like the S, A, B, whatever it is.
0: Oh yeah, the tiers.
1: Spider-Man's like, in the S tier and I'm down here. Why? We're the same age. That doesn't make any sense. Oh, because Tony Stark liked you. Okay, so yeah, let's get Kamala Khan doing her Nick Fury tour. Have her turn up everywhere and speak to everybody. That'd be great.
0: Yeah. Avengers needs a leader currently. <laughs> can be a, she can <laughs> be like getting everyone together character.
1: Kate Bishop, who's 23, taking orders from a 17-year-old. I don't think Kamala could keep things straight long enough to seem like a seasoned leader.
0: Like I said, she's just a fun character to interact with people. And then one of the other ones will actually call the shots.
1: Yes. So some homework for you is watch Hawkeye. It's coming up to Christmas. It's set at Christmas. Get it watched.
0: It's a Christmas watch.
1: Yeah. It's a fun watch. Do you have any final points about this film?
0: It's definitely worth a watch. I think even if you're off on Marvel, or you think, I don't think I want to get back on the train or whatever. I think even if it doesn't get you back into the main storyline, this is still a fun movie just to watch on a cozy night. It's not amazing. It's like an hour 45, I think. It's not a big ask. You can have it on. It's fun. Have some popcorn.
1: You're not missing anything if you don't watch it. but
0: Yeah, you're not missing anything story wise. But I think compared to some of the stuff that has been out, um, it's a very solid entry compared to, yeah, multi. Some of the quantum manias or some of the stuff that hasn't really done amazingly well.
1: Yeah, I would agree with that.
0: It's just a lot of fun. This is definitely one word saying there's no harm in watching it. You don't need too much to enjoy it and it'll be free soon. You don't have to rush out and pay for anything. It'll be available and yeah, it's definitely worth a watch. Big
1: recommend. Yeah, I'd agree with that. It's one of the more fun Marvel things in a while. So that was it. That was our chat about the Marvels. Yeah. And I would like to thank Neil Stenson for the supplied music. If you like what you heard, please do hit subscribe on Spotify. Apple Podcasts, or anywhere you get your podcasts. Most of those places now have a rating and review system built in, so we would like you to press on that and rate and review us. Isaac, how many stars should they give us?
0: How many burnt-out stars?
1: How many burnt-out suns do we need?
0: I say you got to fly through five burnt-out suns to really save the podcast. At Christmas. And Christmas. It's Christmas, everybody.
1: And whatever else.
0: We're rattling our little tin cup for stars (laughs) in the snow next to a trumpeter.
1: That's what we're doing. So please give us some Christmas stars. Exactly. If you want to discuss the Marvels, Marvel, anything really, you can hit us up on Facebook or Twitter or X as it's now known under Neil Before Blog or you can go to neilbeforeblog.co.uk and leave a comment there. We're also on Blue Sky if you're on there. It's invite only still, but we're in there. Just type in NeilBeforeBlog, Before Blog, you'll find us. You can also join our Discord, where we have at least one listener that talks to us on there. So join us there and have some chats about stuff. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. We have a small yet enthusiastic community, so that'd be great. For more deep dive analytical breakdowns like these, for a monthly news podcast, interviews, all that sort of stuff, you can continue to join us on Neil Before Pod.
0: See you next time.